Texas to Fort Worth. <laughs> and now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's Expository Thursday. Expository Thursday. As we work together to know the letter better into the narrative of the book of Acts, we travel to understand the things the Lord requires of us and to apply God's timeless truths in our lives. First, what could the vision mean? While Peter was not likely as intellectual as Paul or Luke, he was still no dummy. His confessions, his faith, and his ministry were intense. But he wasn't sure what the vision meant. He saw it, but he had to think about it. Has this ever happened to you? It's happened to me a ton of times. Whether it was a dream, a picture in my mind, or a thought that was higher than mine, I've had to contemplate the ramifications of that communication from God. Wow. Makes me feel like a regular person. Of course, timing is everything. At the same time, Peter had a vision being manifested. He had visitors. There's a schedule from God. He's never late. Have you ever been late somewhere? I have. Uh, he's never late. I know we all re we all believe that God is good at setting situations up. Do we, but do we really understand how divine and miraculous and phenomenal it all is? Exodus 12, 40 through 41, from the arrival of Jacob. This is what it says. Now, the length of time the Israelites people, the Israelite people lived in Egypt was 430 years. At the end of the 430 years, to the day. All the Lord's divisions left Egypt. God is so specific. Over 400 plus years to the day. And the timing is perfect. And finally, there are four marvelous instructions from the Holy Spirit to Peter. Catch this. The instructions show the situation, the direction, the attitude, and the authority. If we look closely enough at our own situations, we will find many such pearls of wisdom tucked inside each moment. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Ooh, nice. Politics, entertainment, and current events, personal revelations, spiritual observations, my life's insanities, and oy vey, so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? And you can email us during the show, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. People are like, why do you repeat the same thing every time? At the beginning of the show in the 30 minutes, the beginning of the show in the 60 minutes, why do you do it? Why do you do it? Why do you do it? Ready? 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 New listeners. Okay. 
just to help you out right there. All right, you can also text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. As well, you can call us at 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. The great thing is when you call 972-445-0770, you will be talking to... Dynamite D. Hello, lucky person. You got the number right, because you are talking to kid a dynamite. Let me tell you what it's like to talk to Dynamite D. That's like time warping to your favorite moment. You get to time warp to your favorite moment. Interesting. Yeah. Different. Eric said nude listeners. No, new listeners. Nude listeners. Come on now. <laughs> you heard D. Come on now. That's you gotta come on. Here's the bottom. <laughs> this is only our audience would do that. You got know any Christian shows? Somebody would text that in. How many? Zero. But you know, sometimes Dave, you just gotta laugh. Okay? Yeah, you just, you just. If you don't, you're wound up way too tight. <laughs> Just say that real quickly. Uh, okay, here's the bottom line. If you've got a uh, prayer request or if you've got a praise report, if you've got an opinion, if you've got a recipe, if you've got something you want to share, if you've got an observation, you got a general question, you can ask. Do we always give perfect answers? I think you know the answer to that is no before you ask that. Do we do our best? Yes. Okay, that's what, remember the woman who had the the perfume that was actually it was Mary and that she broke it with the alabaster box. Jesus said she did all she could. You know, so that's what we do. We do our best, doing all we can, and maybe we'll be able to help you. And if not, we'll certainly be able to love on you and encourage you. And that's a good thing. You just got to reach out to us to respond to that. And in doing that, we have trivia questions. I asked a trivia question prior. And now here's the follow-up question. How many general epistles is what we asked prior? There's eight because they include Hebrews because Paul didn't write Hebrews. But then the question is how many Paulinian epistles are there in the New Testament, ones that were written by Paul? If you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Again, and you don't have to call to give us this input. I'm picking a book to follow up on our first John. We only got one more week on first John, and that's done. It's either going to be 1 Timothy, 2 Corinthians, James, 1 Samuel, or Genesis. So you just need to think if there's something that's really been on your heart. Uh, I'll tell you, one of the best teachings I think we've done throughout the show so far is Job, and that was really pushed strongly by Annika and Neil, and we thought that that was a great call and thought that was the Lord. So maybe there's something that the Lord's put on your heart, and you want to share that with us. We are open to that. Okay, we'll listen. We'll do our best to follow and to respond the best we can. All right. Again, the trivia question: How many Paulinian epistles are there? So you got the Gospels, you have the Book of Acts, you have Paulinian epistles, general epistles, and then the apocalyptic writing, which is Revelation, or the apocalyptic writing, which is Revelation. Uh, how many Paulinian epistles are there? Again, epistle is not the wife of an apostle. You can call 972-445-0770 if you want to answer that trivia question. You can text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, david, at he must increase 
Org. So I don't know if I'm, how much I'm going to back up on this. I don't want to uh, spend you know way too much time on stuff like this, but there is some really, really important material that I want to cover, and we kind of skip by some of it. In Acts chapter 10, verse 14, uh, actually it's verse 13, um, actually it's verse 12, uh, there was a sheep, this is Peter, and he falls into the trance. Now nah, let's go back all the way up to 9. Uh, the next day as Cornelius' messengers were nearing the city, Peter went up to the flat roof to pray, which was about noon. He was hungry. See, people get hungry. It's okay. But while lunch was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the sky opened and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners. In the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles and birds. Then a voice said to him, get up, Peter, kill and eat them. Never, Lord, Peter declared. I have never in all my life eaten anything forbidden by our Jewish laws. The voice spoke again. If God says something is acceptable, don't say it isn't. This is pretty, pretty straightforward there. The same vision was repeated three times. Then the sheet was pulled up again to heaven. There's so many great things about this. Uh, just, I just want to cover it real quickly. First of all, why a flat roof? Well, there's good privacy on a flat roof. Plus, they used roofs as like another flooring, another floor, like we would think of basements. Okay? Uh, here's the thing that happens with Peter. He sees the vision, right? Peter is told, get up, kill, eat, right? He says, no. Who's talking to Peter? God. What's Peter doing? Arguing. God says, go do that. Peter goes, no. Only that doesn't happen once. He says, go do that. He goes, no. He says, Peter, go do that. No. <laughs> do you understand? That's an argument. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. That's the whole point. And so there's three times he's doing this, and he's like, no, no. And you're thinking, well, why was there three? I mean, why did that happen? Because three, three times, that's like a lot of impact, a lot of certainty. But what gets missed is what God was saying. Of course, what he was talking about was reaching the gospel to people who weren't Jewish, not so that they can take over the church, but become a part of the church. The whole teaching of this section has to do with God tearing down divisions within mankind. Do you know how the country right now is superbly divided, right? I mean, it's not just in America. It's everywhere, right? In the beginning, before the Tower of Babel, everybody was united, and God said, "Up, oh, they're all united. They're going to build a. They're going to try and build a, a, a tower and a city up to heaven. They're going to be able to do it. I'm going to have to go in there and mess up their language, right? Woo! Wow! After the Holy Spirit came, all of a sudden, the languages that were separated are now united, and people are hearing the glorious works of God. And here, yet again, for the Gentiles, for the people who are not Jewish, that's a Gentile, it's not a negative, which is they're Gentiles, they're not Jewish. God is going, we're going to bring all of this together. Jesus is no longer exclusive, he's inclusive. And people are like, what? And this is a mind blower. Because now the compassion and the mercy of God openly is being proclaimed, and God is making a declaration. I love the unlovable. You think, who's the unlovable? You. You're the unlovable. And it's like, wow. 
And so the Lord is eliminating barriers. This is like a significant, this is why this is a significant moment. So that's why I felt like I had to come back and redo, because it is significant that at this moment, the Lord has said, okay, that's enough. We're going to go, we're going to go this direction. We're going to get rid of the barrier, the partition, which by the way, in Ephesians 2, 13 and 14, when it talks about breaking down the division, it's a it's a partition. It's a barrier. It's a fence. And the Lord's like, that's enough. What God, what God was doing is he was taking what was declared unclean and by his grace and the blood of Jesus Christ and the gospel of the redeeming work of Jesus Christ, he was eliminating barriers and making the unclean clean. I'm just going to say it so that you don't have to get mad at me in any way, shape, or form. You were unclean before you were a Christian. That's, you can't, it's not, I didn't, why do you think it says we're washed in the blood of Jesus? And so that impact, that moment, it's, it's, it's unbelievable because for Peter, and what if the perfect guy, he couldn't, he wasn't going to logic his way out. <laughs> He's just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> the Lord's like going, you're going to take the message. You're the guy. It's just phenomenal. It's the grace of God going to places we would never suspect. Okay? All right. Uh, we'll answer the trivia question. How many Paulinian epistles are there? That would be 13. Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, and Philemon. Breaking that down further, there's pastoral epistles and prison epistles. We'll get into that some other time, but right now we'll take our break. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Your break will be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? Imagine yourself on a rocket ship racing at 1,000 miles an hour into space. Once there... You can sense the power and the presence of the majestic and the divine. You forget about your troubles and your fears, and you just float in peace without a worry in the world. There are no struggles, no pain, no discomfort. It's soothing, calm, comfortable. But then the show starts, and you realize that none of that stuff has anything to do with the show. What were you thinking? The David Spoon Experience, only for the brave of heart and the bored. What is the David Spoon Experience? So we're going to bring Annika on the phone so she can answer her own trivia question. It's amazing because we had some people uh, able to answer part of the question, the other part of the question, and one person answered both parts of the question. Actually, two people did that, so that would be Joy and, and, and Deb. Uh, so Annika, are you there with us? Hello? Is this Annika? Yes. Hello. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Okay. We took your suggestion and we went with it. <laughs> <laughs> and did you get very many responses? We did. We get a lot. Of, we get a lot of responses. What did was like multiple in the text? Nobody was going to call in. I think they were all like, "Ooh, that's a big one." Ooh. <laughs> but I'm going to give you the chance. So I'm going to ask you both questions and let you take the floor and answer the questions. These were the the trivia question was. Who was Jemima's dad? That was the first question. And then the second part of the question is, what does Jemima mean? So let's go first for the dad. 
Uh, who was Jemima's dad? Her dad was Job, and she was part of his second family that, after his first family was destroyed. That is correct. <laughs> and now for part two. So you're going for a two. You're going for a double. Here you go. And what did her name mean? Okay, according to Cruden's complete concordance, her name means dove, but it's a word of doubtful meaning. So you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first of all, first of all, the second answer, correctamundo. So you got that correct too. So the only part of the doubtful part is that when uh, when Noah or was Noah was putting stuff out, it's like he didn't know what the animals were going to do and that kind of thing. It's more like uh, just going to throw this out there and hope it works. Uh, so it's more along those lines. But Dove is the correct answer, and it is interesting to think that Job was the father and Dove was the answer, and uh, connected to you know uh, Noah in a certain sense of being rest uh, after that kind of dramatic experience and trial often god brings people when they've gone through something that dramatic rest welcome back to the david spoon experience thank you for joining us here at kwam 770 the truth station here in texas that's kwam Amen, 770, the truth station here in Texas. Oh, get ready for this trivia question. This is a classic. This is a classic. Ready? (laughs) This is so good. True or false? Okay. Top 20 Bible versions. Okay. I I mean, if you're out of that top 20, you're reading an interlinear. I mean, you're in the, come on. I mean, right? Top 20 Bible versions. True or false? The Bible has over a million words. True or false? That's right, people. That's right. D is scratching his head like, that's right. That's a head scratcher, isn't it? It seems like it had to be. Uh, 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 If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483 or send an email to David. At he must increase dot org. It is true, by the way, that the King James version has more words than the NIV uh, generally, but that does not uh, necessitate that uh, answer to the question whatsoever. The question is straightforward: uh, true or false? The Bible has over a million words in it. There you go. Just going to leave it right there. Hey, Dave. The yeah. people now. This should be off the head because if, if they Google it, that's not fair. Yeah. So we do mention that uh, from time to time, and I'm glad you brought that up. To, to, to Google it is a little cheap, okay, unless you're really going to remember it as opposed to just trying to answer the question. Okay? All right. That's, that's what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give that little caveat there. All right. Ready? I got uh, – I have, I have in my hands – Five Christmassy jokes. <laughs> right? Uh oh. Yeah. So I got I got a Thanksgiving thing coming next week, which is so funny. I I think it's very funny. But then again, you guys might be thinking <laughs> you need help. But that's besides the point. Ready? There's five of them. A few of them are one liners. They're all uh two of them are from kids. Here we go. Ready? All right. 
Here's the first joke. The three wise men were on their way to Bethlehem. Suddenly, one of them ground his camel to a halt. Now listen, guys, he said to the other two. Remember, no mentioning how much we paid for the gifts. Does he get that? Well, because one gift was gold. So he's, 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 all right, uh, another one on the wise men. One wise man turns to the other and says, typical, first Christmas we get to spend it away from our home. <laughs> uh, here's a little girl's response. What did the three wise men bring the Christ child? Gold, Frankenstein, and mermaids. That's pretty funny. Okay. Uh, our church is so progressive, it's doing a modernized version of the Christmas story. The three wise men are bringing gift certificates. <laughs> and then in answer to a question, who brought uh, gifts to the infant Jesus? One little boy piped up, a Mr. Frankincense and Mr. Goldenmer. <laughs> Yeah, there's so many of those. You might as well just get ready and deal with it, okay? Because they're coming, okay? That's all I'm going to say. All right, again, the trivia question, straightforward, true or false. The Bible has over a million words in it. If you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770. You can text 214-210-8483 or send an email, David. At he must increase.org. Let's get into the text and think about this. This I find to be comforting, as bizarre as this sounds. Okay, I'm just going to read it and I'm going to tell you why it's comforting, and you can tell me if you get to the same conclusion. Okay, so verse 15 on Acts 10 says this The voice spoke again. If God says something is acceptable, don't say it isn't. The same vision was repeated three times. Then the sheet was pulled up from heaven. Peter was very perplexed. What could the vision mean? Just men sent by Cornelius found the house and stood outside the gate. Here's what I want you to get. Peter is not uh, unaware of the power of the Holy Spirit. He's not unaware of ministry. He makes the big first sermon in Acts chapter 2. He's pretty much in the beginning, very beginning. He's definitely one of the leaders, Peter, James, and John being kind of the leaders. Peter giving that big first sermon, talking about the overall uh, empowerment of the Spirit, the proclamation of the gospel. In fact, in, in Acts chapter 2, one of the things the Holy Spirit did was uh, was uh, found guilty every person, not just the Romans, not just the Jewish people, but all the Gentiles, all the Jewish people on all the planet found guilty in his sermon. But, but because people don't bother to read the whole thing, they don't recognize that. So uh, he's, he's, he's really connected to Jesus. He's been involved in miracles. He's He was on the Mount of Transfiguration. So I mean, you're talking about somebody who's seen an incredible amount of stuff, right? He saw Jesus turn into, at best guess, energy or whatever. I mean, I don't even know how you'd even define it, right? Peter sees the vision. What does Peter think? The scripture says Peter was very perplexed. What could the vision mean? Why I find this comforting is because there's things that the Lord does in my life, and I that's exactly how I feel. I don't get that. 
I'm perplexed. I don't understand what this means. I don't understand how this applies. Well, guess what? That's not new to the Christian faith. That's not new to believers old or young. That's not new to a powerful apostle who spent three years with Jesus and was under the anointing and raising people up from the dead, from crippled, from lame. I mean, this is a powerful, powerful guy. And you know what? He saw a vision. He's like going... I don't know what this means. I, I don't get it. Are you following that? That makes me recognize. Makes me recognize. I don't get everything. I have much to learn. I have much to grow in. Peter, as seasoned as he was, as wise as he was, and the Lord's doing something, the Lord shows it three times. The Lord shows him, and he's like, "Going, what does that mean?" I thank God for passages like this because it makes me think. Yeah, I don't know what that means either. <laughs> see, see what I'm saying? Makes me feel like a real disciple of Jesus Christ. All right, somebody is ready to answer their trivia question. Let's send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, David. This is John. Hi, John. How are you? I'm okay. How's I, Nola? I, 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 well, How's she's Nola? still under treatment. You know, she's it's going to be a while before they see if uh, her um, cancer cells, you know, count goes down before she can move on to the next phase. Okay. Well, we um, want to pray for her for sure before we hang up. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Abs you. Absolutely. Absolutely. How are you doing? How are you, how are you personally? Uh, <laughs> some good days, some not so good. Uh, some hours good, some not good. You know, just uh, more than just that. You know, because we've pretty much been praying about it, and you know, that's all we can do, and talk yeah. to our son, and you yeah. know, it's. Just kind of let things take its course and all, and pray for my son and his family, you know, to be able to handle all this. Yeah, quite yeah. That, strain on them. That's that's the that's the concern I have as like a as a grandparent and as the parent uh, is whenever my kids are going through something. I, I and that's why I was, you know like with Julianne, I'm just like, you know, um, I tell her I said your your faith's amazing, that's great, but I don't know that my other kids could endure the what she's enduring. And it's just amazing because uh, just, I'm just so really? aware of that. I'm just like, yeah, the other kid might just, you know, <laughs> fold. Yeah, fold. interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's one of those parent-grandparent things that's like just going to keep praying the support. I, You know, it's it's what she goes through. I don't even know how I would have handled it. So I'm just I'm just. Oh, I know. I know. Incredible. We didn't have to go through that, you know, yeah, ourselves. So. Yeah. All right. I'm going <clears> to <throat> give you a chance to answer a trivia question. There is a specific answer, so that's why I kind of went, went to this direction. True or false, the Bible has over a million words in it. False. Correct, Amundo! Excellent job there, John. Here's a, do, you, do you know about how many King James has? Do you have a ballpark? 
783,137. You are on target, my friend. <laughs> so there's about 785,000-ish. There's uh, Some say there's 760 on the NIV, and then another version of it's like 790, so I can't never figure oh. that out because they keep changing. You know, they keep changing the different things, but it's under 800,000, the majority yeah. of it. So so for, for the top 20 versions, all under 800,000. So the answer would be false, not over yeah. a million words, right? Well, uh, it said the King James authorized Bible has the 783. Correct. Correct. So, that, but uh, I was thinking now, if you go if you go with the amplified version, then <laughs> maybe we get over. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> you know, we go to the amplified version. There's a lot more extension in there, isn't there? <laughs> isn't there? Golly. That's, that's the English great. language compared to the original, I yeah. guess, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, no, that's that's the expanded version. That's a nice yes. version. The first time I saw that, I went, oh, my goodness. <laughs> that one word? Yeah. <laughs> all, those, <laughs> all those other words? Wow. Uh, that, that should be a study Bible. That's my answer. <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe that'll help with a sermon or something. Exactly. You know? They don't get it exactly. the first time. They get it the fifth or sixth time. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, let me pray for you and your family, because I do want to do that, and everybody in the audience wants that, too. So Please. just, just hang Thank with you. me and let's pray. Okay. Father, Father, we come before you right now. We lift up our good friend John. We ask your blessing in his life. We ask Thank for your favor in his life. We ask for your grace. It's a very difficult position to be at a distance and have something like that happen and not be able to do anything. But Lord, you're the first father, and that's what we have to remember. And so right. as he's going through this process, we pray not just for strength and encouragement and hope for him yeah. and for his family, but for yeah. his kids, because those are the yeah. ones, those kids are going through the mill. It's tough times, and we're asking for healing. We're asking for grace, and we're not going to stop bugging you because that's what we do. We we put, we make petition, and we pursue you, and we ask for your help in this. And we've got right. other people in our audience, who, you know, we, like Kurt's friend Kyle and other people that really are—we just pray for healing power into these people's lives. You are Jehovah Rapha. You're the God that heals, and we're asking you to manifest those healings in people's lives. That would be my desire, our desire, yes. Yes, Lord, please, in your, in, your, in your gracefulness and in your mercy, lift these people up with a new testimony, we pray. In Thank Jesus' you. name, in amen. Jesus' name, amen. All amen. right. Amen, my brother. You keep us posted, right. we'll keep praying for you, okay? Thank you, David. All right. Thank you. God you bless you. Too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, great job there on his part, and uh, love him. He's a great guy. All right, we're going to take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. What is the David Spoon Experience? So what Jesus said, whoever is not against you is for you. That's what he's talking about. They're, they're a kingdom advancer. It's all good. Now watch this in Luke chapter 11, verse 20 through 23. If I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his estate, his possessions are secure. But when one stronger than he attacks and overpowers, he takes from him all his weapons, the armor and the weapons of the foot soldier that he trusted in, and he divides up his plunder. Anyone who is not with me is against me. And anyone who does not gather with me scatters. And you're thinking, but what about the other verse? Watch. Keeping it in context, this person is not for the kingdom of God. 
This person is neutral, not a kingdom advancer, not a person that's trying to advance the kingdom of God. And when you are not a kingdom advancer, then you are supporting the other kingdoms. You are either in, for, with, through, and by the kingdom of God or all the other kingdoms. There is no neutral. There is no, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit this one out. There is no sitting it out with God. You're either helping advance his kingdom or helping another kingdom advance. One of the two. So the guy that was casting out evil spirits in the name of Jesus Christ, he's advancing the kingdom of God. But the person who's not for Jesus is trying to be neutral and do nothing. That person's not advancing the kingdom of God. And that person who's not advancing the kingdom of God is therefore against the kingdom of God because there is no neutral. And you're thinking, well, no, no, there's got to be a neutral. Never heard the joke about the mugwomp, huh? Never heard about the soldier that, you know, was Confederate soldier and then a Union soldier had gray on the top and, and dark blue on the bottom. What'd they do? Shoot at them from both sides. That's what they did. In other words, there is none of that. That doesn't exist. You're either with Jesus in the advancement of his kingdom or you're not. And if you're not, then he considers that against. You think, well, whoa, that is just rude. Tell it to Jesus. Tell him he's rude. Go ahead. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. Not, hey, you know in your life, you got all these things going on. You got to take care of work. I get it. You got to do this. You got to do this. You got to pay this bill and do this and raise your kids. Do this, do this. And somewhere in there, do me a favor. And every once in a while, kick it around and think about me and the kingdom. And that, that doesn't exist. That's not a, a reality check. The reality check is that you are either for the kingdom of God or opposed to the kingdom of God. And if you try to be neutral, you're opposed. The David Spoon Experience. And if you can't shout sight, you'll have to face a penalty. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. We have a dear brother, uh, Kurt, who's his own brother, Kyle. Uh, so I mentioned him while we were praying for John and for Nola. I guess Kyle's wife passed away yesterday. And so that's a very, I mean, I, I've been around, uh, you know, it's a limited amount of death. But my experiences with death started when I was five. So it's, it seems like it's been gone on for my entire life. But I just want to pray for Kyle because it's the comfort that at that point when you lose your your wife, it's just, you know, when you lose a spouse like that, it's very, very difficult. And so I want to separate that and, and pray for that. And we just want to be praying for people who are, the, the, the pain is real, the hurt is real, but the comfort is real. And I'm, I'm more sick, I, I just want to say this nicely, I'm sick to death of the people that make fun of people that say send prayers. Do you know that's exactly what Jesus taught us to do? Pray for one another. Send prayers. That's exactly what we do. And people that don't like that don't love Jesus. It's like something's wrong with that, right? But let's pray for uh, Kyle in the meantime. Father, we come before you right now. We lift up Kyle to how uh, heartbreaking that is. And that we're just asking uh, first that you give uh, Kyle encouragement as much as he can receive and comfort since you are the God of comfort. And in the hardest moments, in the hardest, quietest, bleakest moments, 
that he would know your presence and sense your hand on his shoulder. And we pray for their family. We pray for everybody in our audience who's hurting. Lord, I, I wish I could just push a button. Everybody would be great. But we need you to intervene. We need you to step in. We need your help. So let's pray in today, Lord, and I pray it right now. Help. Help us in the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. All right. So uh, just keep them in prayer. So you keep Nola in prayer and keep Kyle in prayer. Just, you know, this is what we do. This is, this is what Christianity is supposed to be like. Get what I'm saying? All right. Oh, I got a tough trivia question here. How they been? These have been tough ones today, huh? Do you think they've been tough? They've been tough, right? They've been pretty tough. Yeah, they've been a little, a little harder. People, people are, I can tell when they're tougher. I Let me explain something to you. When we do the easier trivia questions, we get like a bazillion texts, right? When I do the tougher ones, it goes down about 95%. I'm just, I'm just, I know this well now. I've been, you know, kind of going to be four years in March. I, I got this I got this wired. <laughs> Okay. You can't, they, I'm going I'm to I'm stay on this hill. You can't Google the answer. <laughs> I like it. I like DD fights for it. It's like, got to be right. Got to know it. All right. Here's a classic one. Uh, another true or false. Ready? Someone who served, I'm sorry. Uh, someone who wrote in the Bible served alcohol. That's right. <laughs> People are like, no, you can't. Yes, I can. Oh, okay, I'll say it different then. Someone who served alcohol wrote in the Bible. Does that does that help you? Uh, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483 or send an email to David at hemustincrease.org. We're going to send you up to the website. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. Check out the new pod page. It's Cool. I don't care if you're looking at listen to pods or different things. Go to the website and check out the new page. It's pretty slick. I like it. Okay. I'm I'm like very, very, very happy with it. That's number one. Number two, it's a place to give. We ask you to do that. If you can't give or you don't want to give to us, give somewhere. Right? Give somewhere. Be a giver in the kingdom of God. That's important. Uh, we think that's a great way to do it. Please check out he must increase.org. Prayer request? He must increase.org. Praise report? He must increase.org. Looking to give to this ministry? He must increase.org. Confused by what's happening right now? He must increase.org. He must increase.org. <laughs> Up, All right, that's my favorite. <laughs> just telling you. And I just want to say one thing. It doesn't matter how long or how, how difficult it was to get the doctorate. Being able to be compared to Bugs Bunny is just swell by me. <laughs> People are thinking, you think that's important? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It is to me. Uh, back to the trivia question. Then we'll do the history. There's just a lot to do, so let's just keep doing it. Uh, and I'm not trying to exclude this. I'm just giving a true or false, okay? So true or false, someone who served alcohol wrote in the Bible. They wrote, you know, scripture. 
true or false. Just there it is. Okay. Uh, if you think you know, 972 445 770 is the text. And then David at he must increase.org. I think we'll do the history later because I'm so far behind. I'm trying, folks. I'm trying. Let's go back to the text, which uh, is in this this little teaching right here. This is really, really uh, important. Okay? All right. So let's go back it up to Peter. Peter was perplexed that uh, what could the vision could mean. Just then the men sent by Cornelius uh, found the house and stood outside at the gate. All right? So the vision ends, and at that moment there's guys standing out there. They asked if this was the place where Simon Peter was staying. So they're they're kind of doing their inquiry thing, right? They're like, hey, is this the place, man? Is this the right place, right? Listen to verse 19. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, that's the third time in Scripture in this one section that the Bible tells you that Peter's trying to figure it out. Okay? Third time that Scripture mentions that. Meanwhile, as Peter is puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, three men have come looking for you. Go down and go with them. Without hesitation, all is well, for I have sent them. Okay? So for all those people that do not understand that the Holy Spirit is God, then just read the text. I mean, come on. All right? Now watch this. This is a really cool thing. I'm hoping to teach it correctly. Ready? There's three men that have come looking for Jesus, right? Peter's trying to figure out what's going on. The Holy Spirit speaks to Peter, okay? First thing, three men have come looking for you. So the Holy Spirit tells him what the situation is. Three men have come looking for you, okay? Next thing, go down and go with them. That's the direction. So first, the Holy Spirit tells him the situation. Next, the Holy Spirit tells him the direction, all right? All is, listen to this, listen, go down and go with them without hesitation. That's the, the third thing that's spoken. So he gets the situation from the Holy Spirit, he gets the direction from the Holy Spirit, and he gets the attitude from the Holy Spirit. So here's what he says, three men have come looking for you, that's the situation, go down and go with them, that's the direction, without hesitation, that's the attitude. And then the Holy Spirit says this, all is well, for I have sent them. That's the authority. The situation, the direction, the attitude, and the authority. Three men have come looking for you. Go down and go with them. Without hesitation, all is well, I have sent them. Now, what is amazing to me about this is that you, you look at it and it's like, well, that's really dissecting it. It's like, yes, it is dissecting it, but it should teach us something about the Lord. The Lord does communicate with us probably more intricately and more in-depth than we think he's communicating with us, but we are we kind of smoosh everything together and maybe don't see it as clearly or perhaps as wisely is a better way to say it. And here the Holy Spirit, while Peter's trying to figure it out, is saying, hey— Okay, look, there's these guys. They've come looking for you. That's the situation. Go with them. That's the direction. Don't hesitate. In other words, don't pull back. Now, you're thinking, well, why would he say don't hesitate? Why would he, why would he even say that? And here's the reason why. Because, as we're going to find out, for Peter to entertain and go with these guys is a breach of Jewish tradition. And he's being asked to do something he is probably a little shaky on. And that is this. He's being asked 
to take a risk. Do you hear that? It's being asked to take a risk. He could have resorted to his comfort level, said, it was just the Taco Bell. I didn't have any of those visions, and you people can't come in. That's not what he did. He responded. He yielded. He saw the situation, responded to the direction. He was given the situation before, by the way. He didn't even know that that, that was going on. He's told that beforehand. He, he goes down and finds it, so I want to make sure I, I don't mess that up. He, the Holy Spirit says, three men have come looking for you. Peter doesn't even know what's going on. He gets direction. Go with them. Go with them with haste. Don't, don't, don't hold back. Just be, it's all, it's all going to be fine. I'm going to take care of it. Now, if, if all of us could just live by all as well, we'd all be doing so much better. But we don't do that very well. I mean, I think that's, that's, that's a given or that's fair to say. Okay? All right. Okay, folks. Um, let's, I'm going to answer the trivia question, uh, and then I'm, we're going to break, and then we'll come back. So I just know that, that D is, is tied up on the phone. So he's, that, that happens, and there's nothing wrong with that. So I'm going to uh, – so is it okay if I answer the trivia question? Yes, I can. Okay. All right. So uh, someone who served alcohol wrote in the Bible, true, Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 11, he was the cupbearer for the king. If you're sitting there thinking he brought him tea, you, you're not following <laughs> – not following what a cupbearer does uh, for a king. And Nehemiah wrote an entire book, right? All right, we'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. there. It's Amazing Jennifer, and I am helping out the David Spoon Experience. As you may know, I basically run the KAAM radio station. Amazing! And Dr. Dave is looking for a few good people to join and become representatives, ambassadors, and stewards of this here radio ministry. Now, you may be thinking, well, I'd love to get involved, but I'm not very qualified for ministerial positions. Well, the truth is that because you are a child of our Heavenly Father, that you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and you seek to live by the power of the Holy Spirit, you have all you need to be a part of this ministry. But Jennifer, don't I need to be perfect? <laughs> no. Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website and then click on the Ambassadors Initiative link. Just fill out the form and we will reach out to you. But sorry, no parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position. You are on your own with that. Job, I want to read Job 325. I don't want anybody looking. I know that the teachings in the church and being a, 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 a Baptist, somebody who's got a Baptist ordination, a Pentecost ordination, somebody who's, who's who understands what Calminian means, understands what the manifold millennialist is. I, I get it. I really do. I, I've been around for a little while. I just, when you're hearing scripture, you don't have to put all the scriptures you hear in certain boxes so they fit your uh, motif of a theology. Sometimes you can just look at it and observe it and go right for it and review it. And Job chapter 3, verse 25, one of the things that Job said is, what I feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. There's a whole teaching on, that's oh, because your confession wasn't good. I don't think that had anything to do with it. 
I think God was bragging about Job to Satan. Job didn't know that was going on. That's obvious. But there he is. God's bragging about him. And what Job is like going is like, this is the worst thing that I could think of. And that happens to people. Believers. Good believers. Great believers. Fantastic believers. Lousy believers. Believers. And everybody else. It's something that takes place. Sometimes bad things come about in the process. That doesn't mean that God hates you. That doesn't. First of all, the world has rebelled against God and lies in wickedness. So it's not God's fault that the world said, eh, we'll run this planet without you. We'll let you know. I mean, that's not God's fault. He's not the one that did that. People did that. And so the idea to understand is that sometimes these tough things happen. The great thing to know is that God has not left and went to Pluto while you're going through these things. In this particular case, in Job, it was completely the opposite of what Job thought because God was bragging about him, and Job thought he was in some kind of trouble or some kind of judgment. Hey, guess what? Job was wrong. Something else was going on altogether, which is often the case. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. And we've got another trivia question. We've got a final teaching to do. I really do want to encourage everybody, everybody, that I guess that would mean everybody, just to be praying for one another. You don't have to pray brilliantly. You don't have to pray wisely. You don't have to do any of that. Just lift up one another. Paul uh, Paul, in one of his writings said, I mentioned you before the Lord. Just mention and spend that time praying for one another. It's really important because what a man sows, that shall he also reap. And if you're praying for other people, other people will be praying for you. How good is that? Right? That's what you want. All right? All right. We'll do our history in a little bit if we can get to it. We'll see what's uh, happening when you guys call in. Don't forget that you've got uh, Dynamite D on the phone. He is limited on his time, so you got to just be aware of that. So you, you might just want to be careful when you're calling in just to, you know, share what you can share. And you, we, we keep things moving at a pretty fast click here. We don't do things slow. So it's, it's okay. We're going to wait on the trivia, and we're going to wait on the history for a little bit. Give uh, Dynamite D a chance to finish his call. Here's uh, what I want to get into this next section, okay? Listen to this thing with Peter. This is really quite fascinating, and I've really done an injustice in teaching this, so I apologize to everybody ahead of time. But just, just listen to what happens. So the Holy Spirit gives him, tells him the situation, gives him direction, tells him the attitude to have, and then and then gives him the authority, and then says, all is well, I've sent them. And so it would be really nice if all of us would remember all is well, because we don't do that very often. Here's the next thing that happens. Peter goes down and goes, I'm the man you're looking for. Why have you come? Verse 22, they said, we were sent by Cornelius, a Roman officer. He is a devout man who fears the God of Israel and is well respected by all the Jews. A holy angel instructed him to send for you so you can send for you so you can go to his house and give him a message. So Peter invited the men to be his guests for the night, and the next day he went with them, accompanied by some of the other believers from Yapa. This is really important because other people can give confirmation, and in fact, they do give confirmation to Peter sharing the story and what takes place. They give him a validation. They're witnesses for him, which is a pretty important part of this. 
They arrived in Caesarea, and the following day Cornelius was waiting for him and called together his relatives and close friends to meet Peter. Let's just stop there and recognize that Cornelius believed that Peter was coming, so much so that when he got the vision from the angel and when the angel told him what to do, he believed it so much that he gathered everybody together in his house. He was he was expectant. He was ready. Like, let's do this. As Here's verse 25. As Peter enters the home, Cornelius fell to the floor before him in worship. But people, Peter pulled him up and said, stand up. I'm a human being like you. So Cornelius got up and they talked together and went inside where the others were assembled. So here's the big, big, big thing here. Okay. Cornelius has already been informed by an angel that there is a message coming that is going to alter and change his life forever. He doesn't know what the message is. He might have an inclination, but we don't have any proof of that one way or another. Peter comes in. This is the person the angel pointed specifically to. Go get this guy. He's got something to tell you. Peter goes in, and what what is it that happens to Cornelius? Cornelius is obviously either impressed, overwhelmed, or felt the responsibility, or whatever phrase you want to do. He's feeling in him or acting in him like Peter is to be worshipped. And Peter, who knows this better than most, said, get up, stand up. I'm a human being just like you. Now, there, here's a guy that made one of the best confessions in the world. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And then made one of the biggest mistakes right after that. Oh, Jesus, don't tell people you're going to die. That's bad, bad boy. And it's like one followed the other. And he was humiliated, obviously, because in front of the disciples, Jesus said, get behind me, Satan, because you have in mind the, the things of the world and not the things of God. And Peter understands the necessity of humility well. And he doesn't want Cornelius or any of these people, any of these people, to think of him in greater terms than he should. I, I just It just reminds me while I'm saying this of that fill that we use with James Robeson where he says, we're not looking for a king, we have a king. We're not looking for a superstar, we have a superstar. His name is Jesus Christ. Okay? And in that, you need to understand that Jesus is the one to be worshipped. Not any servant, not any person, not anything, anything, anywhere else. And so Peter's like, no, no, dude, I'm just, I'm just like you. How much like him is he? It says in the next portion of the text, and they talk together. So afterwards, while he, after he worshipped him, he's like, yeah, you're just chatting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's the weather there in Yapa? Well, it's a little salty. I mean, it just, <laughs> you understand? All right. All right. You can follow in that. So what I want you to understand is that even if you're a powerful apostle bringing the gospel to a whole new group of people, you're just a person doing the things that you're supposed to do for the king whom you serve. And even if your pastor or speaker or influencer is super awesome, nobody's awesome like Jesus. Okay? We all set? Well, good? Everything good? Okay, very quickly, but only we'll only be able to take a text in 
okay, on this uh, trivia question, what's the last word in the Bible? See if you can give me that one. What's the last word in the Bible? It's one word. What's the last word? And then uh, we've never done this before, but I'm, I might just do it anyway. Let's do history. Why not? Let's do it. We're going to do history anyway. Go ahead. might be sitting there why why did you do history at the end because today is national vanilla cupcake day and i am there yum 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 <laughs> I mean, come on right it's united states marine corps day so let's be honorable for the united states marine corps and the people that have served are serving and will yet serve it's forget me not day but i forgot uh, 1871 on this day, Henry Morton Stanley finds the missing explorer and missionary, Dr. David Livingston, and said the famous phrase, Dr. Livingston, I presume. Okay, this is when they thought he was dead. Okay. And then uh, I've I got to say it because it's just, this is how ridiculous the universe. 1978 on this day, the Twinkie murders. <laughs> D is looking at me like, what? Dan White killed Harvey Milk and San Francisco Mayor uh, George Moscone. At the trial, he claimed he had diminished capacity due to depression caused by a diet of junk food and sugary drinks. It became known as the Twinkie Defense. I think I remember that. <laughs> Twinkie Defense. Instead of Adam pointing to Eve going, she did it. <laughs> he pointed to the Twinkie. And Eve pointing to Satan going, she did it. They're pointing to a Twinkie, people. Oh, Lord, come back soon. <laughs> please come back soon, please. All right, don't forget, every person, not that important. Jesus, important. Keeping it very, very simple and very still. By the way, the answer to the trivia question, the last word in the Bible is amen. That's the last word in the Bible. We're done for today. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed in the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.